This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch, and with me, as always, on the regular show is Rich. Rich, how are you, sir? Bonjour, Patrick. I'm very well on this mid-cloudy, kind of sunny, not even sunny, is it? Sunday evening. So Wait, It's completely odd, the weather, in the last hour. It's been sunshine and then the heaviest rain I think I've ever heard. Well, we took we took the dog out in bright sunshine, and whilst taking the dog out, trying to find somewhere to throw our plastics and cardboard, because obviously the strikes are on, so... We just throw them over someone's fence, or...? No, there, there's a place up by Carnation Park, and there's also a place in Warmley Community Centre, but I think it looks like the whole area is taking their stuff there, so... Uh, right, so, like uh, a, yeah. a temporary drop zone. Yeah, and literally dropped. People have just dropped it and ran, I think. God. Well, hopefully that gets resolved soon because I quite quite enjoy get quite therapeutic with my recycling. Um, so hopefully that's that's uh, going to be sorted in the near future. I did hear actually that there was a chance of this coming week an agreement may have been reached, but maybe our guest might be able to tell us a little bit more about that, um, <laughs> or maybe not. Um, are you, so are, you are you one to wash your plastics, or did you? Sh- do you uh, do you rinse it or do you just throw uh, it in? Rinse, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say wash. I wouldn't say I wash them. I just I give. Them, I do definitely give them a rinse out. Yeah, same here. Um, particularly if it's uh, a meat based product. Correct. Okay. So there's yeah, a bit of a fine. tip for everyone there. Right, but let's bring on our guest. Uh, he's been on a, at least once, maybe even twice before, and we've been on his show as well, which is an absolute pleasure. It's Adam Crowther. Adam, how are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad not at too all. Not bad, thank you, Adam. We do a check-in at the start of our bonus show, so we'll do that. I'm I'm an 8 out of 10, I'd say. It's a Sunday evening, but I'm looking forward to, to speaking to you guys and finding out how uh, how Glastonbury was for, for you guys. And also, Rich is going to talk about something that he enjoyed yesterday as well. But uh, yeah, I'm 8 out of 10. How about yourself, Adam? Do you want to put a number on it? Yeah, I mean, earlier on today, I was definitely a 3 out of 10. Hangover-induced 3 out of 10. <laughs> I'm probably a little better now. Yeah, I'd go an eight today, and an eight this evening, certainly. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Let's good go stuff, that. Rich. Yeah, I'll join you boys in the eight. No work tomorrow, so it's always a good thing on a Sunday oh, evening. So yeah, don't rub it show in. Show off. Yeah. Don't show off. <laughs> I, I, I only get fifty-two bank holidays a year. That's, that's what I'm saying. Perfect. <laughs> Great. There you are. Well, Rich, so your eight is obviously um, a bit of a result of uh, yesterday. You went off to to Wembley, uh, not to watch Bristol City, but to watch Blur. How, tell We're, us how that went. It was oh, amazing. I I put it up there with my top three gigs. I might even be the top one, but mm. I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't know that it was Blur's first time of playing Wembley Arena. You think they've been around what forty years? I say. But not many people play Wembley Arena, do they? Any anymore? I was in Wembley Stadium, um, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is Wembley Stadium. Yeah, sorry. yeah I, Wembley Stadium. I say Wembley, yeah, yeah. Wembley Stadium. I think it's our first time they played Wembley Stadium, and yeah. they're they're quite humble chaps. So they were in kind of the ones who flaunts around kind of you know, everyone praise me he is really quite humble between each songs he's saying i can't believe it i never thought it'd be as good as this but mm. it's a dream come true but yeah it was absolutely brilliant i mean i 
I've always liked Blur. I, I don't I don't get this Blur Oasis thing. You can like both. They're both completely different groups. So there's none of this yeah. kind of rivalry, in my opinion. That was 30, almost 30 years ago, that yeah. sort of 96 <laughs> rivalry, wasn't it? But, but that was all press. That was all press rivalry. Wasn't it? I don't think it was really the bands uh, went with yeah. it. But um, no, absolutely brilliant day. I never thought all those years ago when I was a Blur fan, I'd be watching them 30 years later with my daughter, who's 19. Never thought oh, that would right. ever happen. Yeah. So I think that proves she had a good upbringing when it comes to music. So, um, <laughs> and, and my wife come as well because we had a spare ticket. So that's her first kind of big concert. So yeah. she really enjoyed it. So yeah, family day out. So yeah, I saw, Brent. They, I saw they, a great... they, they smashed it basically. They smashed it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I saw a great clip on Twitter of uh, Phil Daniels on stage doing the start for Park Life and everyone just sort of singing along with that. And uh, I think the comment underneath was, I've never seen so much Fred Perry in one place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was Fred Perry. Like I said to you on uh, earlier today, I, I wore my Fila polo shirt, which is kind of the new, I don't know, that's kind of the new uh, polo shirt that's taken over at the minute. But I did, okay. wear a Fred per- I did wear a Fred Perry jacket, waterproof, so. Course you did. Got I, made sure, I made sure I had some Fred on somewhere. Stay true, <laughs> stay true to that. But um, Adam, obviously, that was uh, would have been a fantastic gig to go to, and I, I don't think Blur have played that much, you know, in in recent years. But Wembley Stadium as well. Have you been to see any gigs at uh, Wembley Stadium? I never have. There are two venues I really want to go and see artists in. Uh, Wembley Stadium is one. And the other is at the O2 Arena. I still haven't seen anyone at the O2 Arena in London, no, so that's right. another one I want to go into. So, yeah. And you know what? Blur, incredible, aren't they? And I bet, Rich, for you, going with your daughter to go and watch one of your favourite bands like that was probably a real special moment. Well, it was, yeah. Like I said, like I never would have thought, like when I was like mid-20s when they come out, obviously they've kind of been gone, been gone, come back. Never thought my young daughter would be at that same kind of musical taste as me. You know what I mean? They kind of, they have, they've had their own, that's like a generation gap, really. But no, it's amazing. She, in fact, she likes them more than I do. Really, she's got she's buying all the t-shirts, all the posters, she's got all the vinyls. It's like fair play to her. And it's fantastic. A proud dad. <laughs> oh yeah, well of course you are, and I think it's even more impressive that she's buying on vinyl as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had a podcast. If someone would have said to you twenty years ago. <laughs> You're going to have kids, right? And they're going to be listening to music on vinyl still and going to watch Blur still. Yeah. You'd be like, nah. Well, I would have thought I'd have been in time. I mean, like a like a time machine or something. I mean, I've, yeah. I've gone back in time. But no, absolutely brilliant. She gets, well, a, deliver- she gets a delivery every, every day of something. It's kind of, no, we need our own kind of sorting room, I think. Uh, I get that with my with my doorbell, but it's usually H&M or something like that <laughs> from uh, my wife's purchases. Another Assos delivery. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Ian Aitchison from Longwell Records was there talking, talking of vinyl. I saw some pictures um, from him. And he was also at Glastonbury, which we'll, we'll touch on because quite a unique experience. Uh, yeah, for, a terrible time. Uh, he, Ian at Longwell Records. I don't know whether you saw his Twitter. I did, I um, did. He had the worst time, didn't he, bless him, because of the rain sort of ruined his gazebo. He got helped out by the neighbouring stalls either side. And... Um, he put it up he, in the wrong place, first of all, didn't he? Exactly, yeah, <laughs> completely the wrong spot. But fair play, you know, because that first day at Glastonbury was awful on that Wednesday morning. There was like downpours for sort of about an hour and it was like real heavy. But then I think the rest of Glastonbury was beautiful sunshine, almost too hot. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Much as you never want it to be rainy and you pray for sunshine, but there's part of you thinking... 
actually, this is too, this is too much sunshine. Just some clouds. I, I want yes, yeah, I want that. When that cloud <laughs> come over, I think, oh, what relief. Well, I guess there's there, is there, I've not been, um, and I guess there's not many places to to be shaded from if you're stood watching, unless you're watching it in one of the smaller covered stages. Well, it's funny. It's funny when you when you actually walk around the site. There's people literally, obviously, the shades of the trees. There's people sat in the shapes of the shade. Do you know what I mean? Kind of literally. <laughs> there's like shade. People are sat in it, and there's sunshine, and no one's in it. Like people are literally just begging yeah. for shade. It's, it's uh, a weird sight. So let's talk to Adam first about the behind the scenes uh, experience that you had. I saw your Twitter feed, and you were interviewing all sorts of people. A little known mm-hmm. Scottish outfit called Texas stood out yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so tell us how 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 that came about. You, how you got the gig, and what what was the uh, what was the vibe? So as you know, the BBC are the sort of main coverage partner for Glastonbury, and they do all the big broadcast stuff on BBC One and BBC Three and iPlayer and all the rest of that. Um, with the likes of Lauren Laverne and Clara Ranfo, Jack Saunders, um, and Joe Wiley, of course, who's there every year. She's like the queen of Glastonbury, isn't she? <laughs> um, and so we also send a regional team from the news sort of division, if you like. So Points Western Radio tend to go. And uh, my boss, Gareth, was like, uh, Adam, how do you feel about going to Glastonbury and working for us? I was like, uh, I'll check dates, shall I, Gareth? Already knowing that I was fully free the Glastonbury weekend. And I'll get back to you, shall I? Yes, perfect. And then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. What do you want me to do? Um, and he wanted me to do this backstage um, sort of update podcast type thing for BBC Sounds, which um, would drop um, once or twice a day with any sort of updates and gossip and rumours and speculation and any interviews with any of the big stars performing at the different stages. Um, and because it was a first time we'd done anything like this, like a digital only um sort of output on sounds it was a bit of an experiment but it actually went really well and so yeah i was backstage just behind the pyramid stage for most of the festival um right. speaking to whatever guests i could sort of muster up really brilliant love that love that uh so i was say i saw you saw your your um you chatting to texas and tell us some of the other other big names rick astley obviously you spoke to yeah, Charlene Spiteri was a real sort of um, last minute thing. So on the Friday morning, Zoe Ball does her BBC Radio 2 breakfast show from um, the BBC iPlayer TP, which is sort of where you see on the telly where they all the stars go and do their interviews with whichever TV presenter it is that day. And they do that. Oh, so you've just done your performance. How was it? Let's watch a bit of that performance sort of interview. Um And Zoe Ball was doing her breakfast show from there. And I thought, right, I'm going to be doing some interviews for BBC Local Radio on the morning. We sort of do updates for all across the country. Um, So I'd be speaking to BBC Radio Cumbria one minute, BBC Radio um, Norfolk the next, and be speaking to all these different stations. And I thought, if I set up here, I might just be able to like, hey, can you come and chat to me now? Um, And so I did. I set up on a little bench next to the iPlayer TP. And as these sort of celebs were going on and speaking to Zoe Ball, because she's got the clout to book them, um, I was like piggybacking off them as soon as they came off Zoe Ball, basically. So Charlize Pateri came past and um, one of the producers I was working with, a lady called Tamsin, was basically lynching these people and throwing them in front of me as I'm (laughs) mid-interview with different presenters around the country. So, yeah, I was doing an interview on BBC Radio Somerset about what was happening at Glastonbury and the gates opening and all the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, 
sat right next to me on this little picnic bench was Charlene Spadeau from Texas. I had no interview questions prepped because I didn't know whether we were going to get her, but she was the loveliest person. So mm. lovely. So yeah, she was great. Rick Astley was great. Um, managed to speak to him straight after his pyramid stage performance. And before he went and played the Woodsy stage with the boys from Blossoms doing the sort of Smith stuff that they do, um, which was really, really nice. It's actually the second time I've interviewed um, Rick Astley backstage at a festival. I did years ago at V right. Festival in Staffordshire and he was equally lovely both times um i interviewed zoe ball uh, and said thank you for um, me hijacking all your guests um i also managed <laughs> to speak to joe wiley um as well straight after some of the different performances that were going on so it was a really nice sort of array of people that we managed to speak to across the weekend it was just really really great one 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 moment that stood out for me i was watching the fat boy slim set i actually watched the majority of glastonbury on iplayer i think it's fantastic um and out in the crowd, there's a shot, and his son's on someone's shoulders. I don't know if you saw that, um, but obviously, Zoe Ball was there. He was there. They're not together anymore. I don't think are they? No, no, no. not together anymore. No, um, but I don't know the, the 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 lad's name, but I recognised him from Gogglebox. Yeah, Woody, yeah. Woody. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. That was, he, that was quite a moment. He was actually performing in his, in his own right as a DJ as well. Ah, so he's right, sort of okay. taken after his dad. He's taken after Norman and decided that DJing is a thing that he's going to do. Brilliant. So he had a set at Glastonbury as well, which, you know, fair play to him um, and going along to his dad's gig. And, you know, I think that Fatboy Slim did a few different gigs across the weekend. Um did one of the Greenpeace tree, which is but it is basically a created tree with a DJ box in the middle of this tree. And people sort of gather all around this sort of, fake tree um it's such a spectacle to see that that sort of stage set up um so that was a little secret set he did and he did some other bits and pieces across the weekend as well sort of like popping up in bars of like 100 people and doing a gig there and he also didn't have done the big stages too i think maybe arcadia he might have done or something like that so yeah he did love it rich come to you then so i want to know obviously you've been several times how on earth do you plan your time you know it's bad enough for me watching it on the tv like what what channel am i going to watch what stage am i going to watch now and catching well, the, it on on catch up and things like that how do you plan out the, the time well the thing you have to realize you're not going to see it all you you can't you can't see it all you're going to have to sacrifice a few things like like fat boy slim played on the saturday but obviously guns and roses were on mm. you try and if you even try and think you can miss the end of guns and roses like that's three songs and get rid to arcadia mm. that's not that's like walking from normal green to saint george that ain't it, it, you can't just you can't just pop you can't, you can't just pop over there in like a two minute walk. So you, you, you have to, like I said, you can't see it all. You just, you, want, you pick out the main ones you want to see that day, but even then, sometimes you just want to sit down. Sometimes have, have a beer. You can't you can't. For me, I've always said it's not all about music. Obviously, it's a music festival, but there's more to Glastonbury than just music. There's these mm-hmm. little tent, like uh, Adam said. There's little stages. You can see some little gem bands. You can see some bloke with a. Well, I was in one uh, tent, and some blokes come in sat on the piano and started playing so he was like had his backpack on and everything he just sat there he had the crowd in his hands they wouldn't let him get off the stage it was amazing <laughs> but it's things that the atmosphere there is amazing you don't feel edgy at all mm. any everyone's friendly you could probably do it on your own because you're, you'll make friends there each day i think but plan it yeah just get up just choose where you're walking for that, that first kind of band and then just see so where got, it takes you you've got the, the schedules and everything on your on yeah, your you've got, you got, you got a little program you know yeah obviously your phone if you want it but like i said yeah. You can you can spend all day chasing bands, but you you'll just you'll just be, you'll be so knackered, honestly. I guess it would be just easier. find your main ones and then just enjoy your day as well. It's probably easier, Adam, isn't it, if you are on your own, because then you haven't got to say to someone else, "Oh, do you want to go and watch 
you know, Fat Boy Slim, or do you want to go and watch Guns N' Roses? You can just pick which one you want to go to. Yeah, I did that actually a couple of times because towards the end of the day when my sort of work had finished um, for the day, it sort of usually I'd finish it around half eight, nine o'clock-ish by the time I'd got everything done and dusted for the day. I'd be like, right, so now you're getting into headliner territory. Who wants to go and see what? And um, I was in quite the sort of fortunate position because the I say fortunate, but it was... It make, when I say I was backstage at Glastonbury, it makes it sound dead fancy, right? I was basically in a van with a gazebo stuck to the side of it, and we were on little camping chairs, and that was about as glamorous as it got, right? But there was a little ledge that was built over like an old cesspit, and this little ledge that had had like railway sleepers put over the top of it, um, and it overlooked the fence that's a right the way around the sort of pyramid um, sort of backstage area. So we were able to sort of poke our heads over the top of this sort of fence to watch some of the performances, um, watch Lizzo from there, um, watch the start of Guns N' Roses. And I think for me, I was like, okay, now I've seen a few of the Guns N' Roses tracks. I'm not the biggest Guns N' Roses fan, but I'm glad I saw them. Now I'm off to go and watch Lana Del Rey. And so a, a few of us were like, oh, I don't fancy it. I'm going to stay and watch Guns N' Roses. So it's a few of the different team that were working with us. So I was like, well, sorry, I'm going on my own to go and watch Lana Del Rey. And a yeah. few people then tagged along afterwards. Um, but there is no problem with going to see. And as Rich said, people are so friendly in the crowd. Um everyone is in just the most euphoric state of like, yeah, we're at Glastonbury. So we'll chat to absolutely anyone about anything. And it is really lovely. And those sort of little stages that Rich mentioned as well. Um, and those sort of escape moments that you sort of find that you have to have at some point. I was um, trekking over towards the theater and circus sort of side of the festival, which is a lot more family orientated. There's lots of that sort of um, pop-up performances going on. There was a sort of little platform where, there was two performers, a man and a woman, doing sort of like fire juggling and all this sort of stuff and on a super tall unicycle and doing a bit of sort of slapstick stuff. And right next to it was an old converted London bus into a cafe and the top deck of the bus you could go and sit on and have your coffee. And I thought, do you know what? Just a proper coffee yeah. and taking five minutes. I just need that right now. So I did. I spent my £3.50 on my coffee and sat there and just watch the world go by for 20 minutes or so, because it's so full on. I can that say, you almost I, force yourself bet, to take those chilled moments. I bet you do. And I bet you, it, it's, you know, like people watching when you, if you're sat at the mall having coffee, people watching at Glastonbury is completely different. <laughs> I can tell that just by, just by looking at it. But uh, yeah, you must've seen all sorts of states of dress, undress. <laughs> yeah. Fancy dress. The lot fancy of it. dress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, and... we're we're on the part stage era, and you can see right into the kind of the nudist bit. And um, the what? I, I didn't even realise yeah, that. It's a nudist section, and I don't, I don't know why it's placed there. Trust Rich to find that. Obviously, the part stage is obviously where the Glastonbury sign is, so it's it's quite a steep like, hill. You can see right in, and for some reason they had a trampoline in there. For some, I don't know. Wow. I don't know why you want a trampoline in, around, in the nudist area. So. Well, on the um on the BBC iPlayer Glastonbury sort of segment, I saw the webcam for Glastonbury. I definitely didn't see the nudist uh, webcam. Uh, so maybe something to, to to investigate for next time. But Adam, <laughs> if, if you're backstage at the pyramid, then can you can you use the rat runs to get to different places? Can you like kind of yeah. oh rat runs tunnels? Yeah. Is there? So basically, there's a big huge area behind the pyramid stage that connects the pyramid stage at one end to the introducing stage at the other end of sort of imagine it as like a big capital T. So you've got pyramid at one end of the top T, the introducing stage at the other end of the top T. And then right at the bottom of the T is where the other stage is. It is so 
handy because yeah, the trek it's like rich said to get from one part of the festival site to another it can take you sort of 45 minutes to an hour walk in good conditions right that's as long as you're not walking against a load of crowd coming towards you to go and see whoever else somewhere else so this little sort of interstage road as it's called was so helpful to go right let's go and see lana del rey at the other stage so going from the pyramid where we were chucking it like five minute walk as opposed to a half an hour trek right the way around the outside of it was so useful and also what a lot of people won't realize is that there's lots of different levels of hospitality backstage at glastonbury i got like common class hospitality so i got some um lukewarm um macaroni cheese and uh you know terrible nescafe coffee in that area um there's another hospitality area where sort of people that they think are sort of semi-celebrities can go some of the artists sort of bands that perform alongside the artists can get into and then there is top tier hospitality i managed to bag myself into one of the top tier areas it's like a different world in there compared to where i was because i've got these slipstream caravans holly willoughby was there peter crouch was there Dermot o'leary was there taron egerton was there from uh, the rocket man film mm-hmm. and you sort of think just there is this horrible gravel pathway that I'm having to walk on. And here you've got all these lush pastures, slipstream caravans and fancy bars making all cocktails, whatever you like. I'll stick with an Cafe coffee. Thank you very much. Cheers, Holly Willoughby. Yeah. Brilliant. Love that. But, um, but um, like say, you say it takes four or five minutes to get round. Tell you mm. what, if it, if it rains at any point, you can double that and more. Because yeah. Yeah. obviously when it's when it's bright sunshine and the, the fields are nice and dry, you can walk the whole width of the field. Right. And you can as walk as, faster. As soon as it rains, yeah, as soon as it rains, you're all on metal tracks and it's literally like being like in a chain gang. You're shuffling yeah. along. It is yeah. honestly, it is we're so lucky it didn't rain because it yeah, I, I, in my opinion, it's actually too busy this year. And I've been like since 2010 about seven times. And you can tell just this year, especially the Sunday when the day trippers come in, it was so busy. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've reached out of it now. They can't they can't whack more people in now because it was just almost one of the interesting things that i noticed rich and i don't know whether you spotted this that usually right at the back of the sort of arena where the pyramid sort of crowd will gather there used to be sort of a strip of camping at the very back and this year they take they've taken that away and i think they were really expecting those big crowds weren't they for um sir elton john on the sunday night and when i looked out from that little sort of platform thing that i mentioned i was on you could see a sea of people and all of the routes coming in towards the Pyramid Stage Arena, there's loads of sort of like tracks with um, bars and little snack vans and um, from the smaller stages. And all of those sort of routes in were packed with people. Yeah. I don't think there could have been any more people in that area if they'd have wanted to. It was so heaving. No, as I say, you, you couldn't put a cigarette paper between people. It was, right. it was, it was, it was that busy. But you would expect for you know, he's a, mm-hmm. a living icon, isn't he? Yeah. Elton John, like yeah. Before we um before we talk a bit more about Sir Elton and his performance, I asked uh, on Twitter for a couple of people to tell us what their top three were, and then I'll ask you chaps for your top three in terms of what you enjoyed most in uh, performances. Um, so Shahan said uh, Elton John's Queens of the Stone Age and Billy No Mate, and then Tom Rawl said Foo Fighters, Blossoms, and Rick Astley, and then Elton John. Uh, Dunk Wilmot said Fred again, Kellis. Kel- uh, Kalise, Kalise, and yeah, Kalise, yeah. of course. Um, uh, Sir Elton John, and then David Smith said Rick Astley and the Blossoms, Elton John and Cat Stevens. So Elton John proving very popular there. But Rich, how about yourself? 
Well, I'm. I don't know if anyone. I didn't. I didn't get to the Arctic Monkeys concert down at Ashton Gate this year because I was on holiday. But um, the hives, the hives are amazing. If, if, oh, I mean, they, they were, were supporting. Um, no, yeah, they were supporting Arctic Monkeys, Monkeys. But they were they were the second band on this year. They were after um, Ben Howard. Ben Howard. I won't. I wouldn't go that again. But the hives, honestly, <laughs> he's such such a great front man. He can play a crowd amazingly. Every song's like a. It's a banger, but it's like two minutes long, three minutes long. So it's nice, like kind of songs over. So Hives in my top three. There's a local band called uh, Prima Queen. So it's a girl from uh, Bristol and a, and a girl from America. It's like a four-piece young girls group. Absolutely brilliant. I saw them support Wet Leg at the Louisiana. And I kind of kept my my, my eyes on them as well. So, And as always, my daughter's now going to watch them in moles. And everyone, and everyone that you know, dad's rubbed off onto. So Prima Queen, they were just on the Croissant Neuf stage, which is probably as big as my front room. And Elton John, yeah, everyone says Elton John, but I will say Lightning Seeds, Tom Grennan was good, which I'd never seen him before. He played, he played the crowd really well for a young kid. He said like, no, four years ago, I was there watching Glastonbury. So it just shows you how dreams can come true. Then he's pinned the other stage. So wasn't a big fan of Guns N' Roses, really. Dally saw them because obviously they're part of my youth, but Hmm. I wouldn't have paid money to watch that really. Cat Stevens was brilliant. Cat Stevens was that perfect where you just sit on the side, have a pint of cider, lie in the grass, and just hear all these songs you didn't even realize he, he'd written. And like, yeah, yeah he did. All right, the crowd went bounced up and down, but you just needed that. That time of day, you just needed, it was that Saturday afternoon, it's bright sunshine. You just needed that. Relaxation. I was exactly the same, Rich, when I was watching the Cat Stevens set. I mean, it- for, like forgetting how much he actually had, uh, you know, had, had, had released. Yeah, so um, I can say my top three. I say the Hives, Prima Queen, and Cat Stevens. Okay, so, all different groups. Don't know, but Hives like bang, 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 and Cat Stevens kind of like your granddad singing. So, but yeah. <laughs> all right, it. Adam, what have you got? Uh there, there were some really nice moments. I think weren't there at Glastonbury this year? Um, and it's really tough to try and whittle them down. I do think that Sir Elton John was a highlight. I think that. For me to have been able to see him, am I a massive Elton John fan? No. Do I recognise he's a huge icon in the world of pop music? No, not just here in the UK, but around the world, world 100%. And everyone across the whole Glastonbury sort of week was talking about Elton John. He was the one that everyone wanted to go and see. I couldn't believe he's never played there before. I know. Incredible, isn't it? Um, And that's the first and last time, right? Um, In theory, he might come back and do another farewell (laughs) tour again, as he's been known to do. Um, So, yeah, Sir Elton John was incredible, I think. Um, Lizzo, 100% performer, just brilliant, owns the crowd. Um, And one of the things that I noted, actually, was the crowd for Lizzo was huge and stayed huge for the whole performance, Guns N' Roses, started off pretty busy. I think you'd be frightened quick. to leave, Lizzo, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't think people are afraid to leave Guns N' Roses. Um, I think quite a few people, after the first sort of four or five songs, are like, yeah, this yeah. is great. I, I, tried, I tried to. That's what, as like I said, I was trying. To, I was going to try and get to Fatboy Slim, but mm-hmm. once you start walking, you think, oh, I've got no chance. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so Lizzo was incredible. Um, everyone, of course, loved the the Churnups or the Foo Fighters. They did an incredible sort of um, hour, just an hour long set, and it was hit after hit after yeah. hit. There was no usually sort they're of on filler. for like a good three hours, aren't they? Foo yeah. Fighters. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was literally all of the hits. None of this, I'm going to play you a track from the new album now. It was all of the great hits that everyone wanted to hear, which I think is really great to do at Glastonbury, isn't it? Um, I also love... Sorry if this is a stupid question, but why were they the churn-ups and then it was a surprise to be the Foo Fighters? Why weren't they just a headline act? Yeah, I think so. Glastonbury always try and have these little uh, secret gigs, don't they? They like to build a bit of hype. And Everyone was talking about who the churnups were for weeks beforehand. Um, and there was lots of speculation who, on who it might have been. And quite a lot of people sort of had cottoned on that it was going to be the Foo Fighters because the not so cryptic stuff they were putting out on their own social media. Um, but it, it gets people talking. I think it's oh, a okay. it's a publicity, it's a marketing thing. It sort of adds to the sort of speculation of Glastonbury, doesn't it? And yeah. uh, the mystique of, the, of, of what it's all about. And yeah, so I think that's why they tend to do it. I don't right. think it was really that much of a big surprise. And another um, question, sorry. Um, do do art, I presume artists get paid? Is Glastonbury a good paid gig? Is it no. not? Or is it just the privilege of getting <laughs> paid? Is. I, I think it's what I'm sure, I'm sure I didn't think you could, I didn't think you can, I didn't think they can come to you and, and, they, and then they demand a fee because they just say, well, don't play then. Because Glastonbury can launch careers, can't it? If you if you yeah. smash it, that's that's gonna launch your career even further. You're gonna get more record sales. Well, so I, I think I think it is one of the lowest paid ones. I think I, I liken think. it to um, someone getting an England call up. You know, you playing for your country, yeah. Um, and they could donate their fee usually to a, a charity or something like that. But uh, any ideas? Any any insight? I have no insight into what people get paid at Glastonbury. Um, I know that some of the smaller stages. Um, invite bands to play you know you mentioned uh, Brie McQueen Rich incredible band aren't they they're so yeah. brilliant um, and they would have performed sort of three different gigs across the weekend um, on some of the different stages across the, the smaller stages of the festival site and I know this because obviously my show on BBC Radio Bristol is all about championing that new talent right so I've had bands come on and say oh well I'm going to Glastonbury and I'm playing at this stage on Thursday at two o'clock I'm playing this stage at Thursday at nine o'clock and then I'm doing this on Sunday so they will pay uh, two or three gigs basically to get their ticket allocation for yeah. their band members so each stage gets sort of a ticket allocation of artist slots that they're allowed to give out and so they might say okay you can come and play our stage but we've only got two tickets to give you and you're a band of six people you're going to have to go to other stages and see if you can All get right. your other tickets available that way and that's how it works for the smaller stages at least anyway but i don't yeah. know how much elton john would have got paid to do his pyramid yeah, set. I, I mean i'm intrigued obviously because it's not cheap to go and watch um what what was your what did you pay rich 300 odd yeah three twenty five, three thirty, three twenty five. okay so obviously there's a lot of money coming through the door i just was curious of is it is it is it seen as a privilege or is it something that's a you know a, a well-paid gig but some sounds like it's somewhere in the middle well don't they, don't they say you play glastonbury twice once on your way up and once on your way down that's it so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love that uh so uh, i don't know adam if you finished your sort of your top three or did you narrow uh, it down to I, I, yeah i hadn't really made it a top three i sort of was just giving a bit of a list just of some of the ones that i loved yeah um there was a real couple of nice moments weren't there with lewis capaldi's performance um so he was I in think... my top three he's in my top three and in, in terms of uh performances that i enjoyed mm-hmm. even even though for one of his songs he pretty much didn't sing at all yeah the emotion and hasn't he with his sort of I've mental just health finished. and stuff yeah just finished watching the How Am I Now on Netflix. Incredible um, documentary, Lewis isn't Capaldi. it? Yeah, absolutely incredible. And it sort of finishes off with him in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, clearly now he's going to be off until the end of the year and needs to get, you know, needs to get some, some of that sorted. But um, yeah, fascinating documentary. And the performance itself, as I say, 
he managed to get some belting notes out and then stopped, allowed the crowd to sing because he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a magic moment, magic Glastonbury moment for me. That and and that whole sort of set just touched touched me more than some of the others. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing, you know, all the crowd singing along and helping him out when he was having his sort of bit of a flutter moment. Yeah. And uh, I think it was during his opening track, actually, um, because I was coming out of the sort of backstage area to, into the sort of arena crowd. And it was actually because I was walking out to go and do an interview on the other side of the site. Um, and I was sort of watching back over my shoulder as I was walking through. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the red arrows come right over the top oh, of the yeah. pyramid stage. I don't know whether it came out on the telly like this, but they flew right over the top of the pyramid during his opening track. And the crowd went berserk for it. I don't think Lewis Capaldi was necessarily expecting it either. He mentioned it afterwards, didn't he? Yeah, He did. Yeah, he's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that sort of thing. But such a, a, a brilliant moment. I mean, imagine, right? Mm. The perfect time in the red arrows. Yeah. They just know how to do it, don't they? That was fantastic. Yeah, I think they caught it on. I saw it. Someone caught it on camera. Um, but yeah, no, that was that's fantastic. So right, I'll give you some of mine. So um Lightning Seeds, I really enjoyed. Um Foo Fighters, obviously. I'm going I've just got tickets to watch them in uh, at the Olympic Stadium in June next year. Lewis Capaldi is in my list as well. And 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 I just want to just touch on it on Elton John. Um so there's two two sort of camps, if you like. There's people who agree with the way that he brought on the guests and in the main they were sort of people on their way up as you say rich apart from brandon flowers um and then there was others new teeth (laughs) (laughs) and uh there were there were others who sort of said there was missed opportunities with paul mccartney being there and there was talk of harry styles britney spears etc etc um and taron egerton you mentioned as well he was there you know that would have been epic and i know he's performed with him before but rich I'll just come to you first where do you stand on that well in in the afternoon we were told that no well this is proper source that britney spears was spotted at bristol airport so, so <laughs> i can i can only presume she was working in tesco's because uh <laughs> she certainly didn't come on every time every time you mention somebody everyone's going britney, it's britney spears it's britney, spears. britney, it's britney and, quick. and obviously she didn't come out but um <laughs> the, the, the guests, I mean, is this is this choice? And they they put on a good, they, they all performed really well. Went like it went down yeah. like a damp squid. No, no, no. So they all they all done a turn. So he's in charge, and he he's the yeah. he's the legend. You know, we're just the, the mortals that are kind of a uh, watching in, in, in awe. So yeah, whatever he did, he couldn't do anything wrong that night. I don't think so. What was the what was the thoughts and feelings backstage then, Adam? Uh, I mean, when that Bristol Live and Somerset Live article dropped of. Someone may have seen Britney Spears at Bristol <laughs> Airport. We all read the articles like, well, who? There's no one. There's no one's been quoted here. No one's been like a 45 year old woman from Yatton has spotted Britney Spears. <laughs> in the no one was quoted as seeing her. Right. So we were like, that's tosh. That's the absolute garbage. Um, I think that this is the thing. Right. We, we'd we seen Taron Edgerton around um, at the festival. He would posted quite a lot on his Instagram as well about being on the festival site. I was really hoping that he would have come out for Rocket Man because that would have been yeah. a real moment. But I think he did really well um, with picking those artists. I mean, let's start with Jacob Lusk, right? Incredible vocalist, just absolutely brilliant from Gabriel's coming out in that bright pink suit, owning the performance mm-hmm. as well. And not many people will have heard of Jacob Lusk or of Gabriel's before coming out on stage with Elton John. Um and I think people were really wowed. You know, that performance of Are You Ready For Love was just incredible. 
Um, Rina Sawayama, another real great talent. Um, fair play for bringing her out. Um, again, I wasn't really sure on um, Stephen Sanchez. I was a bit like, who's who's this guy going to, what's he going to do? And, you know, but still did a great performance. And Brandon Flowers, as much as his teeth were a distraction, he was really, really <laughs> great, I think, wasn't he? He was really, really brilliant. Um, I was really hoping for a, a big star to come out and do um, a, a performance with him. But do you know what? He, he did it right. And we. Um, the reason I'm looking at my phone here is because just before um, he came on stage, they released his set list with those artists' names of performers. And we were like, look, there's no big stars here. There's oh, you know, right. Brandon Flowers is as big as it gets. So I think, you know, we very quickly were like, this is going to be not what anyone was expecting. I wonder how this is going to go down. But do you know what? Hats off, it went perfect, didn't but it? But maybe out, you know, he's a bit of an e-game maniac. Maybe, maybe he just wanted to be this the star name. Well, that was something that mean? went through my mind as well is that possibility. But I'm surprised um, Dave Gold didn't come on because he went on. He can't have an artist. Yeah, he's like the John Terry <laughs> of uh... yeah. he's the new the new Chris Martin. So yeah, no, I love that. So yeah, I mean, it was a great performance, a great performance, and um, I watched uh, another sort of. Drop it, dropping in these recommendations as I go here. So the Wham documentary is on Netflix at the moment, and I watched that, and that was really good. It was narrated by George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Didn't see them at all in it, and you know, narrating it, but yeah, their yeah. voices really well done. Um, stops at you know at the end of him sort of going solo. So I'm hoping there is a another you know part two if you like. Um, but that was something that they could have done as well is had George Michael singing along on the screen behind you know um yeah so, like what mccartney last year did it i mean with john lennon he, yeah don't let the sun go down on me would have been would have been another moment uh and, and an option but i think elton played at wembley and he brought george michael on to sing that when wham were kind of on their way up so you know that's kind of his style is to bring people along and, and give them that platform i guess rich yeah I'm pretty sure George Michael was famous before that, though, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was, on, he was in Wham, and Wham were popular, but I, that, if you watch the documentary, it was kind of, he was, you know, Just oh, my to... God, oh, my God, yeah, I'm on stage yeah. with Elton John. But, yeah, um, I, I, what I quite liked as well, that Steve Sanchez, he kind of, um, there was a, obviously I didn't follow him on Twitter, but it was, someone retweeted it. There was a photo of him on the pyramid stage, like in front of the pyramid stage a few hours later saying, I just played that. I just, yeah. I, just, I just played that stage. Dream come true. So yeah, it's what that stage. Yeah, what there? Played that. <laughs> Com- completed that. Done so, it. Um, yeah. So think yeah, things are yeah. Brings bring some new faces through. Like I said, you bring all these stars on. Elton, you're the star. These lot about their kind of careers. Give give these uh new names a chance. Like I say, yeah. that 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 Glastonbury is so global that can make that Steve Sanchez. People might look him up now. Look at yeah, this kind well, of. Well, I did. You know I mean, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, I was that's, like, so that's how it works. Yeah. As they come. Um, and, and one thing I can guarantee, um, Adam, is you didn't grab Elton on his way off stage because he, he was in his <laughs> he was in bed about half an hour after yeah. his performance. Yeah. So I um I stayed right the way up until the encore because I had to get back um home straight away on the Sunday night, and I thought, am I heck sitting in four hours worth of traffic trying to get out of a blinking car park in Pilton? Not not any chance on that. So I thought I'll try and beat the crowds and thank goodness I left when I did so I left as he sort of went off to do his encores and stuff um and I then from my car switched on radio two in the car park and they were sort of broadcasting the 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 pro uh, the sort of the performance yeah. and I watched from the car park which looked over the festival site 
the final song, Rocket Man, with all the fireworks going off from the car park, got an incredible view and was listening along to wow. it on Radio 2. Um, so although I wasn't like where I was side of stage for it before, it was a real nice moment to go, yeah, that's Glastonbury done, isn't it? It was a really yeah. nice rap. Um, but yeah, he he my my colleague Andy Bennett, who works at BBC Radio Somerset, he went to the very back of the pyramid stage just as Sir Elton John finished. He came off stage, had a very quick change into basically a tracksuit, got a golf buggy down the ramp off the pyramid stage, and then into a minibus that then whisked him off to wherever his chopper was waiting, and then off he went into the night. Well, you know, three minutes after yeah. his final note, done, off, yeah, out of the festival. Love Apparently, that. Apparently, he was home in thirty-nine minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, back, yeah, back in that. Windsor, back in Windsor in thirty-nine minutes. Windsor, is it? I did wonder where, where it took me longer to get back to my tent. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it took you that long to queue up to go to the toilet. Just well, just get out to be honest, even to get out of the area it took longer than that. Right, I'm gonna do a Glastonbury quiz for you both. I know how much you like your quizzes. Oh, here we go. Um, right, so Rich, you can bear go in mind. To... I drank heavily most of the weekend. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not about Glastonbury 2023, this is Glastonbury in general. Okay, right, so. Rich first. In which year was the first ever Glastonbury Festival? 1970, Patch. Correct. Adam, tickets for the first festival cost £1. What did that include? A bottle of milk. Correct. Um, How many people each day... um, Sorry, how many people attend each day of the festival, roughly? It is me. Yep, Rich. Each day, as in more? 225,000? 200,000, I'll give you that. Thank you. Um, right. <laughs> it's a nice one for Adam. Glastonbury is huge. In football pitches, how big is the festival site? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Good luck, Adam. Uh, oh, it's just, it's ridiculous size, isn't it? I'm, yeah, it is. I can answer that. Uh, 195. 500. Re- yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can well see that yeah. yeah right rich you can get you can't you can get a free ticket if you volunteer to help with the recycling on the festival site how many people do this each year what just recycling yeah um 80 1300 jesus <laughs> well do you want to put more people on the toilet same <laughs> uh, right, uh, Adam. Which anniversary will be celebrating um, in 2022? What which anniversary was celebrated in 2022? It was 50 years, wasn't it? 50 years, indeed. What else have we got here? Last one. Glastonbury got into the Guinness Book of Records in 1984, but for what? 1984. <laughs> Never, Jesus. Never well, gonna get like, this. What's well, gonna be like most pints of cider drunk? No. Uh, 800 people juggled 2,500 objects. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> How random is that? <laughs> you know, I can well believe it. The sort of stuff that you do see at Glastonbury is just mind-blowing. Uh, when I first went to the festival 15 years ago, it was a year that Jay-Z headlined. And 15 years ago? That was yeah, 15 exactly. years ago? Oh, yeah. my God. And one of the core memories for me was uh, me and my friend Philippa, who I went with, we were walking around between stages and there was a guy there with like a clown outfit on that had a a hole over where his belly is. Right. Mm. And he just was going up to people, giving them a plunger and making them plunger his belly where his, where the hole in his top was. 
And I was like, why? Why is this? Why? But it's, it's stuck in my mind, right? That's the sort of exactly. thing that you see at Glastonbury. Yeah. So people juggling 2,000 odd different items, I can well believe it. Do, do they course, do stand up? Do, do they do stand up as well? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a cinema there. There's um, all the different th- theatre and circus tents. There's all sorts. You can genuinely do anything. There was a, one afternoon uh, I was walking through and there was. Um, a, a barbershop bus where you can go and get like your haircut and a blow dry and all the rest of it on a oh, yeah i saw pop, i saw i saw proper nail salons this year and like obviously hair women nail salons i think right. surely <laughs> in the middle of glassbury weekend that's the worst and the, the first thing you think of, well, unless you're it, unless you're going on stage i suppose but what i see I, the one thing i didn't get which adam just mentioned i didn't get the cinema who's gonna go to glastonbury and then watch a marvel film like you spent all that money, <laughs> I fancy going to watch a film. Like, do it with that whenever you want. What did you did you prefer at Glastonbury? Who did you like watching at Glastonbury? Uh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider I, 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 I didn't get that. I know. I, I don't know. I know people like their film. Well, actually, uh, Rich. I mean, I, I was just going to ask you for a, a Rich's rant. I wonder if you had a Glastonbury-based one. Obviously, that's uh, one. There is the cinema, but was there any more rant? No, I'm not going to rant. I, I do love. I do love Glastonbury, but I did notice this year that. The, the lack of portaloos there was a lot of i mean being a bloke is a lot easier with urinals but it just seems to be long drops and compost toilets which are good compost but there wasn't many uh portaloos which i don't know what for what reason i don't know but where we where we camp we kind of camp right by entrance uh, a because we always in the in the old days we just kind of duck back out use the toilets there which is usually the staff toilets the people who like man the gate things like but even this year but it's some people are animals because in some of these toilets, it wasn't just your human waste. It was like empty cans, things, bottles. Things. There's so many bins around. Why are you throwing down the toilet? It's just and it's just ridiculous. But usually, you see these big wagons come along, sucking all out. And but it didn't see much of that this year either. The toilets yeah. were a little bit of a letdown for me this year. Okay, hopefully one off. But it's been okay in previous years. Previous years has been fine. Yeah, they, they yeah. seem to be like constantly cleaning them. But for this year, I don't know why. But... And what about like shower cubicles and things like that? Mate, I don't shower. My shower is a wet wipe for those four days. <laughs> See, uh, I am so grateful that I managed to get the use of a shower at Glastonbury this year because it was so hot. It was so hot. So hot oh, that God, I, I couldn't cope. I day couldn't one, cope. I was like, I am so glad because if I hadn't been able to get a shower, the the sweat that was coming off of me on day one, no one needed to smell through the rest of the festival. So yeah, especially I'm when you're meeting some uh, celebrities yeah, yeah. backstage. Yeah. Just putting my arm around Rick Astley, and he gets a horrible sweat patch all <laughs> over his shoulder. Lovely. <laughs> but it's it's really warm in the tent as well in the morning when that Jesus. sun's that sun's blaring blazing down on you. Like quite early in the morning, like six o'clock, seven o'clock. You just you've got, you've got to get out of the tent. It's just so hot. Yeah, I definitely would need a shower. Uh, right, let's come on to uh, Room of Doom then. Um, so something that has annoyed you um, in in recent weeks. And, and for me, it is quite specific, the noise that flies make. <laughs> there's it's just it's just no need of them there, there's the whole world out there for them to be and yeah. they're and they're they, they if i have that door open for a split second there'll be one sort of buzzing around in here yeah. and it's so hard to catch but the noise it's just so loud as well they, even they, with they, these on i could probably hear them they if they're in the room they just go they just go back and forth up the room don't they yeah they, there's no there's no log, logic yeah. to their to just their, go, to go their out path. the way you come in just go out the way you came in it's still, yeah. it's still open you're lost, oh, mate. Get out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hate it when they're up against the window as well. That sort of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the window, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate it, Patrick. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, yeah, definitely. You say you open the door for two minutes and that's it. They're in. So it's like they're waiting outside, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, exactly. And and you've got those ones, the bigger ones that make that sort of real buzz and the bang against the window. Yeah. And then you've got the other ones that just fly around in a perfect square. You've seen yeah, those, those the, the tiny, little, little... Like, tiny little fruit flies. Yeah. They are, they are, they are just like, oh, they're on autopilot. They're just going round and round in a square. If you buy easier to catch. I've always said to you, if I was if I was the size of a fly, flying around a monster as big as me, and th- and that monster kept trying to hit me, I'll be gone. They're just they're just coming back. <laughs> no, they're they're just they're just um, trying to really just trying to annoy it you is. by by knowing that they can get out of the way of any swipe that you that you make. Well, I, I did see a thing recently on YouTube or TikTok. Why flies? Usually, they 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 kind of know what you're doing before you even do it because they've got these fine hairs and eyes that can just. You, you can't, you know, you, you can't be quick enough for a fly. It would always right. be there. As soon as you raise your hand, it's gone. It's an achievement, isn't it? Sometimes when you do catch them. Yeah. Um, like... But right. So, so mine is the noise that they make. Uh, Rich, what have you got? Oh, I don't know to use my rant one or rumor doom. I've got two. Up this is some, right, this is something I've noticed recently. Um, when I'm travelling behind a car, I, can't, I found I might have noticed it more in the queue of getting out Glastonbury. Is someone who's driving the car? So they got a passenger and they're talking. They keep looking to the side, so they're driving, but they, it's like they can't talk. They they think the person can't hear them unless they face them. Main, so they're driving. Maintaining a bit of eye contact. Yeah, but you can drive if you've got passengers. Keep driving on the road, look looking straight forward. He can still hear you, but they're constantly looking like that to the left. Yeah, just just <laughs> just keep but looking do, forwards as you drive. You do like that's, to comment on other people's driving quite that's a such lot. a specific thing as well, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> But you, but you start noticing it now. I guarantee yeah. it. You'll, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be behind someone, and they keep looking to the left, like talking. So I've done this. It reminds me a little bit of a room of doom I've done before, and I raised it with um, people in like the acting game and things like that. It's when they film a shot from behind. The person's talking is is behind the camera, and they're talking to the person in front of the camera, and what they're saying clearly isn't in time with what with their mouth. Yeah, and that really frustrates me. They're spending thousands millions of pounds on filming something and why why not just shoot it with the words that are coming out of their mouth i know it's a cutaway and all of that sort of stuff i get that but it just looks so rubbish so rubbish and sometimes even the continuity like they're kind of shaking their bum in it and it it goes to their face and they're not not even moving on it so yeah no absolutely right that's a a side room of doom there um (laughs) adam <laughs> um mine is going to be the dreaded festival wristband keeper honor um these people who go to again this is sort of another glass and one yeah i got all mine off i, yeah, I had a wristband on yesterday for bristol pride right and as soon as i left i was like right get this off now it's yeah. scratchy it's horrible it does me head in um but there are some people who keep it on for weeks and weeks and weeks no thank you and it's it your hygiene as well doesn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, yeah. Well. It'd be filthy, stink. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we know you went to Glastonbury. You can, <laughs> you can take it off now, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get like impressed. a sticker on your car as well. And some people have got like sticker from every year or something on their car. But Although, I'm shooting sure myself in the f- foot here, yeah, because mine is still on my car because I can't get it off. I say they are a pain sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I wish they were sort of like, uh, you know, you can get the ones that are sort of a, a peely sort of vinyl yeah. type thing. Mm. I wish they were like that, but they are like a paper. And you, you know, when you peel a paper label off it goes oh so i need to soak it somehow yeah Brilliant. yeah 
um, another right. festival wristband thing is always put it on the hand that you don't wipe your bum with <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise that gets even more messy than you need it to. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, my, my cord just got stuck in my chair. Um, yeah, no, good shape. And 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 some of the bands that are like that harder plastic, you sort of can cut yourself when you're yeah. when you're having a shower and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, good shout. So uh wristband keeper honors, the noise that flies make. And Rich was I've lost. Um talking drivers. Talking talking well, to... it's, not, it's not talking drivers, they talking can talk, but talking talk looks. Face, yeah. <laughs> Talk directional, directional talking. Yeah, you ain't got to talk at the person. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'll vote for Adam because that's easy. Um, Rich. Oh, it's two good ones. I'll say because it's only today I was slagging the flows off, but I do. Uh, <laughs> but, I do but I do get what Adam says. Are people who keep them on forever. I'm gonna go with Adams because I think I'm sure we've done the flow one in the past. But I'm gonna, uh, go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Adams. I think we've done hey. flies before in the past, but not specifically the noise. The noise. Um, right, Adam. Yeah, I think out of the two, I think the the flies noise is the one that would annoy me the most because yeah. I think I could just cope with someone having a chat in front of me <laughs> um, to the side. But the flies, you know, if there's a fly in, in my flat, in my um, office, whatever, right, get it out. Come on, yeah. you're not staying in here. Thank you. Yeah, very, very annoying. Right, we're going to finish up with some recommendations. We've already given you a few, actually, throughout this podcast of bands that uh, you can check out and listen to. Um, we've talked about Lewis Capaldi's documentary and the Wham documentary, but uh, my recommendation is on Apple Plus. You, everyone would have seen uh, an advert for it with Idris Elba, uh, and it's Hijack. First three episodes are out now, and they are released every Tuesday um, for the next three weeks. But uh, a really good cast. Um, Idris Elba is plays exactly the Idris Elba you expect. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And have either of you guys managed to catch any of that? No, like you say, I've seen the advert a few times, but I've yet to venture yeah. into it. I've not seen it, but I've seen it on Gogglebox. You know, they did like a bit of a clip of it on Gogglebox. And I was like, yep, this is something oh, I right. need to watch. Yeah. yeah. And Idris Elba is just perfect, isn't he? He's an incredible actor. And yeah, so I'm going to watch it. I am going to watch it. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely recommend that one. Rich, what have you been watching? I haven't really seen anything, Patch. So I'm going to recommend, even though I haven't really heard it yet, of only your two songs off it, uh, The Ballad of Darren, which is the new Blur album coming out on the 21st of July. Oh, <laughs> so they played a couple of tracks off of that, did they? Yeah, St. Charles, uh, Charles Square and The Narcissist is their two songs you can hear at the minute on Apple Music. I'm sure ever music streaming things are available. But yeah, two great songs. You know, sometimes you dread new stuff from a band. I was going to say, yeah, when you go along and see Blur and you want to see all the all the hits from over the years and they play a couple of new tracks. Yeah, well, I've, 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 heard, be... I've heard the new tracks before. I obviously went to the gig. They didn't they spring it on us. They have released it prior to the gig. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was always that dread. Have they still got it? Is it like, but, you know, David Auburn, he's still doing stuff for Gorilla. So, you know, he's, you know, he's still a great songwriter. So, mm. okay. there are two good songs. Good stuff. Yeah. Right. Adam? Well, shameless plug, obviously, for my Backstage at Glastonbury updates that you can listen to on BBC Sound still. They're available right now. Um, but but if not that, another great listen on BBC Sounds at the moment um, is Witching Farm, or the Witch Farm, I should say. It's incredible. It's made by Danny Robbins, who is the guy who made the Battersea Poltergeist podcast. Um, he's just absolutely brilliant. He does the Uncanny podcast as well. If you're interested and intrigued by the world of um, the paranormal, ghosts, 
unusual goings on, or even if you're not interested in it, it's such a harrowing listen. So it's part documentary, mm. part drama. Um, it's fascinating. Go and give it right up my street, Darren. Uh, Danny Robbins. Danny Robbins. Yeah, so he's got these three podcasts, Uncanny, The Witch Farm, and The Battersea Poltergeist, all available on BBC Sounds. Um, but The Witch Farm is his latest one. Um, and it's sort of set on a real farm in um, the Welsh Valleys, and it's supposedly one of the most haunted um, buildings in the UK, um, an old farmhouse, and the stories around it are just incredible. Um lambs going crazy uh, and going feral and attacking other livestock um electricity meters running wild and clocking up bills of tens of thousands of pounds this is That's everyone's back in the house, 70s. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah this is this is back in the 70s not current bills um so yeah, we all know how terrifying the electricity bills are these days uh, so imagine that in the 70s um but yeah so it's just incredible, a real nice listen. And there's some great sort of historical bits in it too that sort of make you go, oh, maybe there is something here. Love that. Love See, that. Me, me and Patch back in the day, we, we watched all the paranormal activity films, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah, that was that was amazing. I and love the, going to the, the cinema best, to watch that. The, the best one ever, even, uh, obviously, I don't know which episode it was, but it was it was full of like girls, wasn't it? The, yeah. The, the cinema. And that added that added to it because obviously <laughs> yeah. all they, the were, they, were, they were shrieking. It was brilliant. They were good films, weren't they? These paranormal yeah, activities. Really enjoyed them. Really enjoyed them um brilliant no thanks for that i'll definitely check check those out um obviously the paranormal podcast i've listened to is clinton baptiste which uh <laughs> which is obviously a slightly different take but um <laughs> i'll give him a shout out uh right so adam uh thanks so much for coming on the podcast we're almost at the magical nine o'clock and we'll, we'll, we're all going off to watch love island now of course mm-hmm, obviously um rich you loving love island at the moment i never loved it don't get oh it. really? I didn't no. know that. Right. Okay. Ooh. Thanks for your comments. My ajama, my ajama's all right. You know, a, a Bristol girl, so she's all right. But um, do you know what? My ajama. I was outside a bar in Bristol last night after Bristol Pride, chatting to my ajama's auntie. Oh, how right. cool was that? Yeah. She was asking me all of, all about what I do, and I was like, oh yeah, I work for the BBC and la la la. She's like, oh yeah, my uh, my niece used to work for the BBC. I was like, oh yeah, who's she? Who's your niece? My ajama. I was like, what? Yes. Now she, oh, now she hosts a little known show on ITV2. Love Island, have you, have you heard of that? Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Tucked away on ITV2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, so Adam, just before we go, uh, before you go, as in Lewis Capaldi's song, uh, how's things going with you? What's the what's the future hold for Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting at the moment. BBC local radio has been going through a whole load of restructuring and behind the scenes has been um, quite a lengthy and arduous process. It's no secret that it's been really tough for all the staff involved. Um, If you've seen anything on Twitter or on sort of Radio Today forums and stuff like that, it's been really, really heartbreaking for a lot of people, Um, a lot of people leaving the BBC, um, etc. So... um, I'm quite fortunate in that I have still got a job at the BBC. I still will be presenting Upload going forward. It'll be in a slightly different time slot to what it is at the moment on BBC Radio Bristol, but it'll be branching out across uh, the region. So not only on BBC Radio Bristol, but it would be on BBC Radio Somerset, BBC Radio Gloucestershire and BBC Radio Wiltshire as well. So a real great platform for any of those sort of untapped talents that want to get there stuff showcased more widely, whether you're a writer, a poet, comedian, whatever it is you're making, podcast, podcaster, 
um you can send your stuff in and, and get featured to a much wider region um from a little later on this year um and of course there's loads going to be going on with bbc radio bristol across the summer um the big thing for us is going to be our presence at the Bristol International Balloon Fiesta. Oh, we are gosh. working on the Night Glow soundtrack, um, which I've had a few little sneak listens to and is already sounding incredible. Um, I can't give anything away because the big bosses will shoot me. It is, yeah. Tom Ryan is the mastermind behind our Night Glow soundtrack. I need um, to get Tom on the podcast, actually. Oh, we'll, he'd be brilliant. We'll talk for 20 minutes about our, our football career at Longmore Green and Tom yeah. being the goalkeeper, but uh, <laughs> th- th- then touch on the rest of what he's been up to since. Yeah, it's well worth a chat with Tom because he is. And what he can create from little snippets of audio is just magic um he's actually working on a podcast that's coming out a little later on this year as well that that, um i'm sure he'll love to go and give a big plug on so yeah it's well worth speaking to tom but yeah Yeah, excited for bristol international balloon fiesta this year as well it's going to be a good one brilliant love that well and so upload that sounds great you've got a bigger catchment area and then the people that come on are playing you know their their music and whatever is going out to a bigger audience as well so that's that sounds fantastic yeah Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Adam, as always. And uh, yeah, if you've uh, if you've liked this, there's plenty more podcasts to check out in our archives. And do follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. But for now, we'll leave it there. Rich, take Good care. Good night. It's been, it's been a pleasure as always. And, uh, Cheers, even, Adam. Adam, even, Adam even had three peeps green t-shirt on as well. So it's, uh, it's actually a black t-shirt, but I don't know why Zoom has turned it green. It is. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah, green. It? That is green, awesome. green screen. Green yeah. screen. Yeah, lovely. Right, so playing us out, as always, is the Shucks with Whiskey Fool. Take care, everyone. Good night, all. I'm drifting along, it's a one-way road Just like the tumbleweed or a standing stone Far away from the city call Find myself on another bar store Taking the time to think and pray On the life that I once had Before it fades away Taking the time to talk and laugh One more time with my
drowning in a whiskey pool I'm turning into a whiskey